going to give warning when it's silence. Because it's just silence, and we did really well. On the thing I'm looking at is I'm looking at the waveform of the audio, and there's clear distinction of where I rubbed my beard on the microphone. On yes, so I'm just kind of like the rubby goodness. <laughs> Welcome to sweet tea and ASMR. Oh no! Here's no, the sound sir. of me slurping a tea. Okay, well, okay. No, I wouldn't listen to someone do that just that for funsies. Gross. I'm like I I'm just... so, AMS, AMSR, ASMR makes me uncomfortable. Um, a lot of it does for me too. There, I won't lie. I've only heard a couple things that I've actually been like, who? <laughs> <laughs> the video of the person just eating a head of lettuce. Oh, I hollered, hollered when I saw it. Okay. So what were you telling me? You were telling me that Twitter, right? Okay. Twitter. So before, Twitter is an uproar. D and D related news. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's SpongeBob not. Related it's SpongeBob. News. And I just wanted to know. So we, uh, I follow the internet cause I'm on there a lot. And, You're uh, up to the jive. I'm, 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 I'm hip. <laughs> I'm hip. Uh, <laughs> I feel so dumb. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> there was an argument between the official SpongeBob account and a fan account of like SpongeBob facts, where they're like, "Did you know that over all of the episodes of SpongeBob, you never see his backyard?" Yeah, you do. Exactly. The, the, you see it all the fucking time. They do an aerial view of his. Whole block. Yeah, the fact view was like the fact tw- uh, account was just like you do, and it's like you might as well like get rid of it. And somebody posted as a response to this like get rid of your account. And underneath it was a uh, remember Ron Swanson when he's in Always. Home Depot. Yeah, and I know more than you. By, like I know more than you, and somebody plastered <laughs> the fan account, actual SpongeBob account. Okay, so I'm. I'm just going to bring up my soapbox for just a second. Screw y'all. This is my podcast. Um, <laughs> my podcast too, and I don't have to suffer. It's mine this. right now. Um, so when I was a kid, I fucking loved SpongeBob. That was a tits. I, and I'm not, I don't usually play the age card, but since I'm just a, a tad bit older than you, I feel like I came in at a much better time of it. I had SpongeBob fucking bed sheets. I had every single SpongeBob shirt from Walmart, by the way. Eight bucks for those bastards. Now you have to buy them from Hot Topic for like twenty two bucks. What the fuck? Everything. What in the absolute fuck? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Why can't uh, I wear my pants? No, shirt? I'm like I got made fun of for liking SpongeBob, and now these little bastards just think it's all fun and games. I'm like, no, <laughs> you're gonna get made fun of too. You have to suffer like I did. I want to see you stand outside of a Hot Topic picking on adults and teens just just going, fuck you and your hipster bandwagoning of SpongeBob. Steven Hillenberg didn't die for this. Oh, no. I can't be that way. But I remember when that, you know, that year we had cable. I watched SpongeBob. Hashtag poverty. I'm kidding. I love everybody. Um, (laughs) Like, no, I remember watching it. And being that guy, and I no, if and people are gonna think, oh, you're just exaggerating. No, people would always comment on my SpongeBob shirt. And I'm like, no, man, I really like SpongeBob. Man, you're like, like but I, I just, I just like, I just like the cartoon. Is there that moment where you just talk to a chip and a penny and a face you draw on your hand because you're the only friends? No, oh, I have drawn my hand friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, so many. the gang's all here. <laughs> Anywho, all right, now to D&D, because I'm sorry. I, I just, 
Uh, okay, it's kind of like liking anime, like the whole anime revolution. I'm so glad that there is accessible anime all the time. Don't act like you're better than Toonami was back in the Oh, you don't know the struggle of waiting six months to six years to get a new season to in. To get through that one arc in DBZ where they're just screaming. Oh, Inuyasha was my fucking nemesis. Basket. Oh, you know what? Freeze Basket is a shit. And it got renewed for a second season this time around. Oh, really? Good yeah, time. they redid it. I haven't seen it yet. Don't judge me. Um, it. It's it's where I fell in love with Laura Bailey. Laura Bailey is a fucking... Oh, she's, she's definitely on my list. She's so amazing and gorgeous. I follow her on Instagram, and I'm like, I know so much about her. I was like, did you see her baby today? Like, I totally saw her baby today. He's so cute. What's her baby name? Ronan? Ronan? Yeah. Ronan. Rohan, that sounds like Rohan. <laughs> Rohan. <laughs> he sounds like Gohan and Ronan together. <laughs> Rohan. <laughs> we have to save the universe. <laughs> Go collect the Dragon Balls, Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> Go collect all the the rocks for the fruits basket. Go all the fruits for the fruits basket. Yes. Well, welcome to Sweet and D&D. If you haven't caught on to this, this is actually a D&D podcast. We talk about it eventually. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, when we get around to it. Um Today we're going to talk about some requested monsters, one of which is a homebrew. I'm going to cover a requested monster that was requested by Derek White, who wanted to talk about Will-O-Wisp, because nothing says fun like fake creatures that murder you in your sleep. I oh, mean, just kidding. They're undead. Well, I mean, for something so small, those things will murder you. Oh, little parties, these things will take you out. Because you think they're so cute. Oh, look at the little lights in the distance. No, they're murder lights. Don't go towards the light. Do it. It's far fun that way. I've used them often, so they're one of of my favorite things to use and just kind of throw in there for funsies. Go ahead. Ready? All right. So Will-O-Wisp are malevolent, wispy balls of light that haunt lonely places and battlefields. Same. Bound by <laughs> his eye, a wispy ball of light. Bound by dark fate or dark magic to feed on fear and despair. Also same. <laughs> right. <laughs> Willow must look like bobbing lantern lights in the distance, although they can choose to alter their colors or wink out completely. When they activate their lights, Willowists offer offer hope, hinting of safety to creatures to follow them. Will-O-Wisps lure unwary creatures into quicksand pits, monsters lair, and other dangerous places so that they can feed on the suffering of their prey and revel in their dark screams. On An evil being that falls prey to a Will-O-Wisp might become a wisp itself, its woeful spirit coalescing above its lifeless corpse like a flickering flame. That's totally going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> Lonely in a Will-O-Wisp. <laughs> no afterlife, just Will-O-Wisp. Yep. Um, Will-O-Wisp are the soul of the evil beings that perished in anguish or misery as they wandered forsaken lands permeated with powerful magics they thrive in swampy bogs and bone-strewn battlefields where the oppressive weight of (laughs) sorrow stoops even heavier than the low-hanging mist and fog every dark place has to have mist and fog it's not really dark if it doesn't have mist and fog trapped in these desolate places of lost hope and memory will-o-wisp lure other creatures towards dismal fates and feed on their misery what would be I'm, an example of a will-o'-wisp in real life? Uh, something that feeds off my misery? But it also lures you to the dark side. I feel mm. like a Facebook group a narcissist. talking about a really weird thing. Mm. Um, a Trump rally. Um, Ooh, getting political. Be I said careful. it. Oh. I'm just kidding. Koalas in the rain, guys. Oh, koalas in the rain. No fucks given. Mm. Uh, if you haven't looked up koalas... Or true facts about koalas, or no, true facts about marsupials by Zefrank One. 
You're missing out. <laughs> you should watch all the videos this person makes. They yes. are informative and hilarious. Penguins and um, Morgan Freeman are There's, my favorite. Um, the Frogs one is pretty dope, too. Yeah. Just Goliath Toad. All right. So they are agents of evil because they rarely speak. But when they do, their voices sound like fate or distant whispers. Fate? Faint. Oh. Like soft. <laughs> I thought oh, you missed. Distant whispers. I, I thought you were saying it would tell you about your future. Yeah. Uh, listen, in listen the miserable closely. domains they haunt, Willowith sometimes form symbiotic relationships with their wicked neighbors. Hags, Oni, black dragons, and evil cultists work with Willowith to draw creatures into the ambush. As their evil allies surround and slaughter creatures, the Willowith hover above them, drinking the agony of their death and savoring the sensation as the light of light of life goes out in the creature's eyes. They're Shit. undead. Yeah, these <laughs> things are like like metal fairies. <laughs> like yeah. just oh, so you know. You remember in, in our campaign, my little depressed Killjoy. Fairy. Killjoy. Okay, I have a little pixie. His name is Killjoy, and he's he's not my familiar, but he's just kind of my friend. He hangs out he with hangs me all the time. He hangs out in her hair. Well, it's, I play a guy. So anyway, um, so <laughs> I just kind of picture him like this. Like, oh, what if he gets confused for a will And they're like, die, creature. <laughs> what happens to the emo fairies? I just want to know. They're very unseely. Um, they don't require air, drink, or sleep. These guys don't. Oh. Um, the, uh, so Killjoy is known for smoking clover cigarettes. Yeah. They smell horrible. He smokes cloves. Uh, he got messed up on rum cake oh, last, yeah. last episode. Oh, yeah, we got a shit face last game. His no. liver will never recover. Nah, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so Will-O-Wisp, which are found on page three of one of the Monster Manual, uh, are tiny, undead, chaotic, evil creatures. Uh, they have an armor class of 19. They have 22 I'm hit sorry, points. I'm sorry, what? 19. 19? Try to hit a glowing ball of light. Try it. Okay, so... Slap a photon. We're going to... We're going to... No, I'm going to take a quick caveat uh, to talk about armor class. Just one second. Mm-hmm. So, do you think... Because uh, we, we've talked about this before. Armor class, is it how hard it is to hurt you? Or is it how hard it is to hit you? I'm going to say it's how hard it is to hit you. Armor class is based off of dexterity. Mm. And so the more dexterous you are, the harder it is to hit you because you're deft at dodging and shit. And However, it's also really hard to hit a glowing ball of light. But I, I raise the, the counterpoint of to have a higher armor class, you have to have bigger armor so you cannot move as fast. Well, that's where the terms of how hard it is to hit you is how hard it is to penetrate your defenses. So I don't know. I've always kind of... Especially when that it's has both. an armor class of 19. I'm like, bullshit. If I make contact with that fairy, I'm taking it out. Or that willow is, I'm going to murder that little fucking thing. So the, the thing you have to look at, is it's kind of two aspects to armor class. You're looking at how sturdy your actual armor is. Like leather. I could cut through leather if I hit it hard enough. Yeah. But if you're dexterous enough to move around it, there's extra bonuses. So you can, so some armor gives you no bonuses. For example, full plate gives you an ac of 18 yeah you cannot apply dexterity to it because you're in fucking full plate try to run a mile in full plate mm-hmm. a lot of clanking bless those clerics to try uh <laughs> so or our paladins too so the thing you have to worry about is how hard it is to pierce your armor and how hard it, how good you are at dodging that is what makes up armor class all right quick little dm tip there as we are doing just that. a tip just a tip <laughs> So uh, they have a maximum HP of math. Um, Is it that much? It's not that much. I'm just shit at math. Mm-hmm. Is that, where is it? 
I'm going to say 36. Nine times four is 36. That is math. Um, Okay, so it doesn't have a lot of hit points. It doesn't. It's not not sturdy. It's just really... It's not very resilient. You'll hear why it's so... Because it has a hover, so it can fly around and hover. It has no speed, so it's not walking anywhere. (laughs) Um, It's strength, minus five. Dexterity, 28 with a plus nine. Well, there we go. It has a con of plus zero at a score of 10, an intelligence of 13 plus one, a wisdom of 14 plus two, and it's so charismatic with an 11 at zero. It is immune to lightning and poison because you can't electrocute light and it doesn't have blood, so no poison. Uh, it's damage resistances are acid, cold, fire, necrotic, thunder, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magic weapons. Pretty much all of them. Um, it is immune to being exhausted because it's dead. Uh, grappled, can't grab light. Paralyzed, poisoned, prone, restrained, or unconscious. Can't knock something prone that floats. It's like using a ground attack. I mean, if I hit it hard enough, I'll land it on the ground. (laughs) If I smash it into the Earth's core. uh, I imagine if if, if the barbarian gets a lucky shot and hits this thing, it's it's going ass into the ground. damage, though, because (laughs) unless it's magical. So it has dark vision of 120 feet and a passive perception of 12. It knows all of the languages it knew in life, but remember, it whispers them real creepy at a distance. <laughs> it is a CR of two worth 450 XP. So this is where they're really going to kind of kind of fuck you up. They have the ability to consume life. As a bonus action, the Will-O-Wisp can target one creature it can see within five feet of it that has zero hit points. And is still alive, meaning it hasn't failed all of its death saves. The target must succeed on a DC-10 con save against this magic or die if the target dies the willow wisp gains 3d6 hit points or <laughs> base right. 10 the willow wisp can wear anything or carry anything because it is ephemeral and it is incorporeal movement meaning it can move through other creatures and objects as if it were difficult terrain it takes five or 1d10 force damage if it ends its turn inside an object so it can it, it would be able to move I, it doesn't necessarily say that it goes through the ethereal plane. It just has the ability to pass through things. But I bet it feels uncomfortable when it does. Um, and it has variable illumination. It can kind of shed its brightness between 5 to 20 foot radius uh, as bright light. And then for dim light, for an additional number of feet equal to the chosen radius, depending on uh, 5 or 20 foot. Uh, the will can alter the radius as a bonus action. So I guess it's easier to see, harder to see, depending on what it's looking for. Its base attack is called shock. It does a plus four to hit. It has a reach of five feet, and one creature uh, hits on a hit takes nine or two d eight lightning damage. So nine or a maximum of eighteen. Sorry, sixteen. Math. Uh, the will o' wisp and its light magical um, body uh, has the ability. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot how words work for a moment. So its other and only other action is invisibility. The will o' wisp and its light magically become invisible until it attacks or uses its consume life. Or until it's concentration, it's if as if it's concentrating on a spell. So by that means, if you if you hit it with damage, it's possible to break its concentration. So when you're working on this thing, what I like to do is, whenever I use these encounters in the past, which I have before, is um, have them lure them to something else that's trying to take them. The lights blink out when they're done, and they only come in to try to knock players out when they have the ability to consume life. Because remember, it takes an action to turn invisible. So it would be able to attack, wait for the next turn, turn invisible. But it's more fun if the Will-O-Wisps are just luring them to their deaths as like these evil, fucked up spirits. Mm-hmm. Little bastards. Um, Will-O-Wisps are really good. 
I think for story building, like children will follow lights out of town that maybe lead to a hag Mm -hmm. or, you know, randomly people coming home from the mine are suddenly being, um, you know, carried away by these lights in the distance or, you know, Mm -hmm. any number of things or this old battlefield is, you know, is it's, it's popular for the young children to go to the old battlefield because there's whispers of, of, you know, lights and and late hour, or, you know, you can pull any sort of bullshit in there because it is, it is an undead. It's essentially almost like a ghost Yeah. or it's like a, an orb almost from, from like, if if you were comparing something like paranormal, it's like, it's like an orb. So you would follow it. Orbs can't kill you in real life though. And they don't smile as the light goes from your eye. I'm just saying. Yeah. So one thing I like to Which use... Which is the coast didn't write about words. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I like to go with these is, as it mentions, they're coming from a place of magic or darkness, like battlefields or something. So in terms of like the mine, you gave me an idea of these guys might have opened into one of the other mines from another village that just happened to cross paths. Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's a light over there. I'll go see what it is. And it just lures them into a loose piece of gravel that would have caused a cave-in. And then it tries to kill them and consume their lives because it's luring them into darker areas that others have already died at. Yeah. And they said they are sometimes subservient to other either undead or unsavory creatures. So you can always have them as part of a greater mm-hmm. a greater evil. And the best thing about these, I think, is because they're a low CR, you can throw a lot of them at your party without any regret. <laughs> yeah, just make sure. Dep- the- depending on their level, obviously. And the, the downside to it, and this is one of the reasons it's such a threat to low-level parties, is because CR2, yes, you can't learn Revivify until level 5. And so if somebody goes unconscious and they instantly fail because it consumes life to regain hit points, they're gone. Unless like Adventures League and other things like this have it where you work out a deal. I mean, it can also be, it's also one of those things you, you take a risk as a player and a DM with creatures like this. Yeah. Like anything that's got some undead to it is always going to have some weird. Or something that has like an immediate kill factor. Yeah. Like if you fail this, your 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 character's gone like they would have to um what is it um i always get them confused resurrect and um reincarnate reincarnate thank you because you have the body so you would just have to get his soul back yeah. right so it could i mean you may have to to take a side quest to go get your friend both require back. that you retrieve the soul so but... so you'd have to have i mean it can it can always lead to something fun you just have to be Open-minded as a player to accept the outcome and very open-minded as a DM to ride the wave that you started. Yeah, and you should. we have another episode on killing players. Yeah. It's it's something you don't do lightly, and especially with something like this, and you know it's one of those do-or-die type things, you better have some sort of backup plan if, if someone dies. Yeah. And I always find it very nerve-wracking to players to do this to them, which is to say, hey, um... I'm going to need you to bring a backup character for reasons. Don't question it. Just bring one and that'll scare them. <laughs> it's a good way to assert your dominance. Very much so. Yes. <laughs> Have sassy players. Tell them to bring a backup character. Yeah. It will immediately get you the respect that you need. <laughs> the respect you deserve. The respect it. you deserve. Damn it. Um, From a listener, Julio. Let me kiss. Oh, I'm going to say your last name wrong. Don't, don't hate me. 
Julio Caserta on Instagram um, suggested a bone golem, and that can be found on Imager, and it is created by Stone Strix, S T O N E S T R I X Stone Strix on Imager. Um, the bone golem. What? It's part of Monster of the Day. If oh, you're looking for it, I'm sorry. It's part That's of Monster just where of the, the Day. Pictures go. Okay, and this picture is terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm he so just glad. Wants to bone, though. Shut the front door. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad we don't draw our <coughs> no. our because um, I'd have to draw anymore. this. Fuck that. And it okay. It looks like someone just took all the bodies the Willow Wisp left behind <laughs> and put them all together. <laughs> um, multiple skulls, and I don't know where these very pointy bones are coming from. I was going to make a dick joke, but I'm just going to carry on. <laughs> it's not an actual bone. It is not an actual bone. If you're listening to this and you think your penis has an actual bone in it, have I got news for you? It's just blood. Coming straight from one of the sources here. Uh, I sounds... didn't know. <laughs> I've always assumed it was a bone. Not what a bone. I know. <laughs> Where would it go when you don't? Never mind. Let's carry on. I mean, science. Okay. So... <laughs> There's like okay, so there's like two spines. One is makes a backish. One makes a tail. There's uh, a kneecap with dagger bones coming out of it. There's like four it's, arms. There's one six skulls. Really big sternum. <laughs> its crotch is just skulls. I don't understand that. Is that skulls? I thought it was a pelvis. And but it, the pelvis looks like skulls. It does. It, it does look very skullesque. <laughs> it's got its coccyx dragon on the ground. And then there are Australian all the toes. <laughs> there are toes on toes on toes. I don't understand. Anywho. It's phalanges. It, but this is it's, it's a bone golem. It is not supposed to look like anything else. Um, it's a large construct. It is unaligned. I would not want this to be my friend. I don't care how nice it is. <laughs> I'm actually lawful evil. <laughs> Polite twist is that this is actually some sort of ally and you need something from it. Because, hoy. You have to get it milk because it's got osteoporosis. Oh, no. It has, like, the skull of some person I that you need to find. Fuck, I don't know. Anyway, it has an armor Maybe it class. has the skull of something you need to talk to a Burbalang so that I can see its history. Ooh. Check that episode out. Burbalang. It's funny Burbalang. Saying, Whoa, Black Betty. Burbalang. Burbalang. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it has an armor class of 14. It has a hit points of 133 up to uh, 196. Math. Yeah, that was quick math on my part. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a speed of 30 feet. It has a strength of 20 with a plus 5. A dex of only 9. I mean, I (laughs) would have thought with all those toes, it'd be fast. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's all the stuff coming out of its neck area. Um, it's it stuck con- in doorways all the all time. All the time. <laughs> um, it has a con of 18 at a plus four, an intelligence of three with a negative four, and it got no brains, a wisdom of eight and a negative one, and a charisma of one with a negative five. Yeah, uh, it's nobody's friend. Um, damage immunities are poison, psychic, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons that aren't adamantine. So... Good luck. Um, condition immunities. Whoop, 
my microphone went down. Uh, conditioned immunities are charmed, exhaust, exhaustion, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, or poisoned. This is going to be one hard thing to kill. Senses are dark vision up to 60 feet and a passive perception of nine. Um, the languages are, it understands the languages of its creator, but can't speak. So, interesting. Um, I do wonder if you cast Speak with Dead, which one of them will speak up? Mm-mm. No, all of them. It's just screaming. Oh my god, that's even more terrifying. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just oh, I'm, I imagine more like tortured, like hellish screams. But that's just yeah. me. Um, it's a challenge rating of nine for five thousand XP. Lucky you if you get this. Um, it has an immutable form. The golem is immune to any spell or effect that would alter its form. It has magic resistance. The golem has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects and magic weapons. The golem's weapon attacks are magical. You know, I have so many questions on how it's going to hold anything with all that's going on. <laughs> it, has, it has hands. Sort of. Those kind of look like feet, though. There's no thumb. I mean, oh, they, I mean, there's hands. These, This one looks like a foot. That is a foot. <laughs> it, oh is a God, f- it is a foot. foot. Okay. What is it doing there? I don't know. Someone, I don't know, guys. This is weird. The the, so it's gonna have like three. It could have three weapons with this. If you went just by this picture, it doesn't. And the good thing about golems, you can make them look however you want. Um, but if you went off this picture here, that is on um imager, it has three hands and then a foot. Um, so I wonder if it would wield three weapons. It's you just have to look at its attack, see what it does. I mean, you're the DM. Go go wild. Um, let me see. It also has a multi-attack. The golem makes two slam attacks. All right. It's just gonna shoulder it's, check your But ass. look at all of the booties. It would hurt so much. Look I at that coccyx. That's, that's <laughs> it would it would be a lot. I I would think on um a certain scale, maybe a nineteen or twenty, you would also take an additional amount of piercing damage. Oh yeah. Um that that's would that would good. be me. Um, okay, it has a multi-attack. It makes two slam attacks. The slam is a melee melee weapon attack with a plus eight to hit and a reach of five feet. On a hit, it does 18 up to, 18 up to 47. What? what? 3d8 plus five? No. Oh, no, my bad. 29. I don't know where I got that from. We're so good at math. I'm so good. I did the first one really well. Uh, and then it has bone prison, which mm-hmm. sounds terrifying. The Watch golem it. targets the golem targets one creature it can see within 60 feet of it. A prison of magical bones surrounds the creature. The target must make a DC 15 deck saving throw or become restrained. The restrained creature can break free by succeeding on a DC 20 escape check or by destroying the bone prison. It has an AC of 20 um, with 50 hit points and immune to poison and psychic damage. Well, you know, the golem can only have one bone prison active at, active at a time. It may dismiss the bone prison as a bonus action. Oh, and I, before I forget, the art credit for this very imposing figure goes to, I'm going to say her name wrong, and I'm sorry, Eunice Kosatep. Costa tape. Uh, I have no idea. Sorry, friend. Uh, but it is very nice. It's it's. It'll give it, me nightmares. I mean, I would never want to see one on the street. I want to know what those curved bones are. They're joint. They're like. They look like the ribs of like a giant, like a like or, or that, a very yeah, large creature. Yeah, like or maybe some bone claws. Well, claws are normally keratin. <laughs> 
we're sciencing this. I apologize. <laughs> I just don't like how you went there, but I, I did. I did forget that these could be a larger sized humanoids. So totally could be ribs or something like that off of a bigger species, and it all just came together mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But no. Um, and like because it's unaligned, I'm serious. Best plot and twist in history is that they have to be nice to this thing, because I would immediately want to kill it. Yeah, <laughs> I would just like, nope, nope. I don't care what it is. Got it's got to go back in the ground. Yeah, and it also I think the alignment would probably come from its creator. Oh yeah. So however, the poor necromancer just trying to make some friends. <laughs> lonely, lonely necromancer. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite things you posted on Instagram was like, "You have my bow." I. T- Oh my god! My I love axe that thing. and your brother, the I even put as the comment that I've I've seen that over so many like D and D like groups that posted great. it. I laugh every single time. I just think it's hysterical because one, you I mean, he's gonna put your brother out there as a zombie to fight, and two, he's gonna be way in the back, just not oh, giving watching. a single like, care, just like good job, good luck. <laughs> See you guys later. Wow. This is a chilling, chilling thing. Um, Thank you for the recommendations today. Always. Guys, if you ever have recommendations, please feel free to send them to us via any of our contacts, and we will be happy to go over it. (laughs) We don't have a plan. (laughs) I'm kidding. We sometimes. We we have plans. Sometimes. We're planning to eat food after this. Yeah. All right. But not before we talk about our magic item. Do it. Um, I shall. So... Do I've it. I've been finding a lot of my magic items on Pinterest, and this one is something else. And if I found it on Pinterest, it's probably somewhere else. Don't yell at me. Um, but they're called dragon drops, and the picture that I found on Pinterest, which I will post with our um, the rest of our things, it looks like a Pez dispenser, but it's called a Dez D E Z Dez dispenser. Marketing. It has <laughs> T M. No, <laughs> it has a red dragon's head on the top which is emitting a little bit of smoke from it. Um, and it says dragon drops. Eating one casts the spell dragon's breath on you. The dispenser has 10 charges. That's awesome. So I love it. It's also by, this this magic item is by James Perret, but it's at J-A-A-A-M-E-S-P-E-R-R-E-T-T. Thank you so much, James, because this is lovely. We also had the idea that if you changed out the top, um, it would match whatever color the dragon is. So you could have ice, you could have fire, poison, acid, lightning, and... That's... Fire, poison, acid, lightning, ice, cold, cold damage. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. So are you familiar with the dragon's breath spell? Because it's actually one of my favorites. I am not. Enlighten me. So um, if... I'm going to shout out somebody on uh, the internet. So YouTube, if you haven't looked up Animated Spellbook by oh, Zeba Shu, really he good. has a Dragon's Breath one where he's just like, if I had some rats and some peppers, I could overclock a game really quickly. <laughs> so uh, Dragon's Breath is a transmutation spell. It's one bonus action to do it. And it oh, is a, it's touch a bonus action to cast. Yes, because all you need is a verbal somatic and a material, which is a hot pepper. And the concentration is up to one minute. You touch one willing creature and imbue it with the power to spew magical energy from its mouth. Or in this case, you're giving a mint. Pezzes aren't mints, are they? No, they're Sugary. usually flavored candy. Gross. So I would I'm have said a like a cinnamon. Pez. Cinnamon would be good. Yep. 
uh, provided it has one. So it has to have a mouth. That's a requirement. How else are you going to eat the candy? Um, no fire-breathing gelatinous nope. cubes. Uh, you can choose acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison until the spell ends. The creature can use an action to exhale energy from its chosen type in a 15-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a dexterity saving throw, taking 3d6 damage from the chosen type on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. I would say, if I was going to kind of push this a little bit, I would say that they could take multiple Pezes, or Dezes, excuse me, increase it like they're casting it at a higher level spell, but they would have to, they would suffer from fire damage or whatever type of damage as well. As it goes up by 1d6 for every level above second. So my favorite thing about this, and the reason I love this spell so much, as explained by Zeba Shu, is um, a familiar has a mouth in most cases. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the rule of a familiar is that it cannot use the attack action. It can, however, use an action. And the spell specifically states using an action, not an attack action. So... You, as a caster, can spend a bonus action to cast the spell on somebody. If your DM's nice, then you could use a cantrip on the target. And then on your familiar's turn, they get to breathe unholy hell upon your enemies. And if you have a flying familiar, it's an aerial attack. Here's my recommendation. An owl has flyby. An owl does not provoke attack of opportunity attacks when it flies into a creature's range and it fly off. So imagine an owl screeching by you blasting you with fire from its <laughs> mouth shitting on you and then flying away because that's how owls do that's how they do do so i love these they're very fun i love the dragon breath spell i would say i like the dragon drops idea i kind of like the idea of it being like it just a those things are so cool because you can just kind of sprinkle them in the campaign yeah. like it's something some towns have it some towns don't some towns yeah. have only the fire ones. some towns have only lightning ones you know just imagine a child getting a hold of these on accident like ooh, piece of candy and then just like setting their home on fire because they belched and used dragon's breath oh my gosh can you imagine like a i don't know if these exist anywhere they probably do like a fire genasi town where like everyone just kind of like the fire nation when it was a avatar Mm -hmm. and like that's what people do little babies breathe fire because it's just what they do so they're like and they sell these at like a festival and people eat them because they're not going to really kill you but they just they're more for funsies just for like a smaller version of like fire breathing i think that'd be pretty cool too like maybe that's for the kiddos the kiddos kiddos get like i don't know fire burps or something i don't know fire burps fire burps nice all right what we got last for our... The last bit is just the tips. Yes. What do we got? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What did I say we had? What was I saying we were talking about? Overloading oh, with information. Overload. Holy information cow. Um, so it was another... I didn't read any articles on Pinterest, but it did kind of come up like it just said, don't overload your players with information. And it got me thinking, Yeah. Because I have been the player and the DM on both ends and just been like, holy crap, I will not remember any of this because it, 30 things have happened today. Um, so as a DM giving your players information, a couple things I would suggest. And you can listen as a player in this aspect too. Make sure some information is going to be character specific. Not every bit of information is meant for every single character. And characters need to take note of this. 
Because sometimes you don't need to take that note because it's not about you. Unless that other player is just really, really bad at note taking. And you, and sometimes you gotta let them learn that lesson. Oh, you didn't write it down. Sorry. Like, at your discretion, don't be a dick. Anyway, um, be a dick when justified. Yeah, be a dick when you have to be. Don't pull pull out your dick only when the, <laughs> and when it's consensual. Pull out your bone golem when it's consensual. <laughs> I quit. Bone okay. <laughs> that just oh, means no. sex dungeon. Oh. Uh, sorry. I should have made great. that joke earlier, but I just. When it was relevant? Yeah. No. <laughs> Information overload. Information overload. I. Okay. So remember, not everything is for everybody. You shouldn't, as a player, feel like you have to write down everybody's notes, and you shouldn't, as a DM, give every bit of information to every single person. It's good to kind of delegate. One person is going off in one direction. They get one bit of knowledge. One person has gone off and done something else. They get one bit of knowledge. All together, they can cumulatively have something. But it is not for every single person to know every single thing unless they say, I've shared this with the group. It's also a great opportunity if you're doing it where multiple people have bits of information. Sharing with the group is an opportunity for role play. Always. Where you can be like, oh, well, this person went and researched in a library for today. I stood on the streets or I scoped out and did a stakeout on this one person. Then you have the ability to go in and say, well, what'd you learn today? And split that up. It's kind of weird treating your players like children. You're like, well, did you have a good day at school? But what did you learn today? (laughs) It's a great way to get them to start talking to each other. And then they can start formulating their own plans together. Yes. Because you just have to be on this ride with them. Now, the opposite way, when sometimes players either have tons of questions or maybe it's something that you haven't gotten to yet. Or maybe you you brought in that Will-O-Wisp and it killed Bill. And now you have to go and, you know, retrieve Bill's soul. So, <laughs> you know, and you just have all this, all the stuffs, all the stuff that you have to get. And for whatever reason, it's just too much information in your head. First of all, you're the DM. Call the break. Mm-hmm. Second of all, take a breath. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what, you know, you need it. Um, and then just kind of write down your thoughts. Just, I would say, write everything down. And it's okay to say, I don't know. We don't want to say it as a DM, but sometimes you can. Just be like, oh, you know, I didn't expect Bill to, you know, lose a soul. We might, you might have to give me a minute. Or, I don't know, do you have any? For me, if I feel like I get overloaded a lot. So I wanted to talk about it, but I don't have any tips because it happens to me. One of the things that I like that our current DM does, shout out to DM, uh, is she <laughs> likes to give information in terms of things in the room. It's not like an NPC walks up. So we mentioned Avatar earlier. And one of the concepts of film is show, don't tell. But Avatar, the movie, and I hate it, and I know everyone else did, had this problem where they would just explain their thoughts vocally and then explain their thought process and just go through like, we need to do this. I got so pissed when, as they pronounced it, Soka uh, said, (laughs) I hate this movie so much, uh, said that uh, we got to go to the Northern Water Tribe to find a teacher to teach you. I'm like, you could have just said teacher. The name fucking implies that they teach. Like, that's their job. It it kind of felt like it was written... By a high school student. It was in my channel, Emma Ding Dong. I refused to address him by his real name until uh, you know he what I. And here's the thing: I like him. He's good at other things. But I do, but not that one. You stay away from that. You stay away from my childhood. You make all the weirdo twists you want, but you 
stay away from. <laughs> what a twist! You what a stay twist. away from Avatar. It's a shitty movie. All right. So one of the things our current DM does is she she shows it and the material in one handouts. Those are great. If you can find a way to give those to your players, whether it's something that was scrawled onto a wall in a cave or whatever while you're exploring in an old ruin, and a lot of times if it's something that's important but not super important now. Uh, for example, we were in a cave, as you, you do, uh, underground in the Underdark, where we found a, um, a cave's drawing, which mm-hmm. we couldn't understand. It was in a language none of us spoke. And so I went through and I did a, a charcoal rubbing of it so that we could read it later. And so I kept it on me and kind of forgot about it. And as we were getting to that uh, section of it, as we were getting to where that knowledge would be necessary, she's like, you do remember you have a cave drawing from a while ago that you did a sketch of. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I looked at it. And I'm like, I don't know what language this is. She's like, oh, well, it is Druidic. I'm like, mm, I don't speak that. And it was at that time, which this was sessions later. Yeah. We had and weeks we later found... in the game, we had a book that would give me the ability to cast tongues, comprehend languages, that together. And so with that, we were able to interpret what it said. And this is a great opportunity to like, oh, you have something, but you don't know how to interpret it yet. Maybe you need to find somebody who's going to tell you to do it. And at that point, it's the player's decision to find this information. You're not voluntarily going, okay, here's a memory dump file, read everything, chunk it in their face. They are searching for the information when they find that they need it. It's relevant and important to them. I find that the best way to prevent information overload is is kind of just be prepared. Like I'm I'm probably the worst person to give this advice because as of right now my life is in disarray. But you know, keep a note, write a little thing, you know, jot it off to the side. More than anything, get it out of your head because if if you just keep it there, the only person who knows about it is you. But if you mm-hmm. write it down, even if you have to address it later, you have it. And then, like, like Zach's situation, I as a DM am like, oh, yeah, I remember you have this thing. And then them as the player can also be like, didn't I have this thing? And you work back and forth that way. Yeah. So don't think that you have to carry everything. Do delegate it to your players. Also remember that you are still only human and get it out of your head and write it down. Yeah. I always have. And that's one of the things that I do as an instructor whenever I teach. I'll say, okay, you asked me a question. I was not prepared for that question today. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't prepared for anything today as I fly the seat of my pants when I teach. But if it's something that I can't answer immediately, I say, hey, I don't know the answer for that. I will get that back to you in an email. I've written a note for myself. I've put it in my calendar to remind myself. I will answer it, just not right now. It's better to say, I don't know. Let me look it up than just make something off the top of your head. Because for some of you who have a homebrew or you're planning a lot of stuff in advance, it's easier to do that than to retcon something in the future. Oh, retcon, as much as I am guilty of it, it is something you should do only under the extremist of circumstances. It can it can really off track something. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of it builds a level of distrust between you and your players, because as much as we always want to seem in control, retconning. I don't know. I feel like a lot of times it can feel like you do not have any of this under control. You don't know what you're doing. Am I wasting my time in this? So be very, very sparing with just retconning something. Mm -hmm. But 
that, I don't know. That's all I got on information I'm going I right think now. That's if anybody has any other ideas, how do you deal with it? What does your planning look like? How does it, if you're a DM, how do you keep up with all the ins and outs of your players, their backstories, their nuances? And if you're a player, how do you keep up with your um, like uh, session notes? How, how are you doing that? What does your notebook look like? Um, I'd love to see if someone takes a picture and sends that somewhere. That'd be great. Share with us. Speaking of sharing. Speaking of sharing. If you like this podcast, you should share it with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great at segues. Uh, so if you found this podcast, cool, you know where it is. But if you are looking for more information or maybe you found this on a weird resource, check out us on other resources such as Spotify, Google Play, CastBox, Apple Podcast. We're everywhere uh, on your podcatchers of choice. Uh, you can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter. And Facebook, all sweet tea and D and D, one word. And if you are interested in getting some of our show notes, which will have the creators, those who ask questions, other information about the episode, you can find that on our website at sweet tea and D and com. No, sweet tea and D and com. We are too cheap to pay for our own domain. That's so, not cheap, that's economical. It's economical, means cheap. Uh, so with that we appreciate you listening if you have any questions or comments or just want to suggest our next monster because you know sometimes as I said when I teach I'm flying by the seat of my pants have a good one Bye. bye